Hi, everyone. This is Rob. And today on the show, we're trying a new experiment. I'm calling this Salsa Snacks. And this is where I take a look at a song, maybe in the future an artist or a genre, and explore a little bit more about it and what the meaning is behind it, what the story is behind it, what the history is behind it. So I hope that you enjoy this little experiment and let's start the show. Hector Lavo, also known as El Cantante de los Cantantes. He is a salsa legend, the crown jewel of Fania Records, and known across the world for his chart-topping hits. But he gets his nickname from one song, a song written by another salsa legend, a song that revitalized Lavo's career as he battled personal addiction. That song was El Cantante. In the 1960s and 70s, Hector Laveau had helped put salsa music and his recording label Fania Records on the map. Fania coined the term salsa as they wrestled with a way to market the multitude of Latin sounds under one common umbrella to a growing Latino youth culture. Naturally, they turned to the Spanish language for inspiration. Just like salsa the food staple of Latin culture, salsa the music would be a mixture. This mixture would contain Cuban musical genres that included Afro-Cuban son montuno, guaracha, cha-cha-cha, mambo, and bolero, and the Puerto Rican genres of plena and bomba. Salsa is primarily Cuban son, itself a fusion of Spanish cancion and guitar and Afro-Cuban percussion, merged with African-American music styles such as jazz. All of these non-Cuban elements are grafted onto the basic Cuban son montuno template when performed within the context of salsa. Lavo had been a rising star in this new musical genre of salsa, but by the late 70s he was battling an addiction with cocaine and heroin that was hampering his career. Fellow legendary Fania musician Willie Colon was also charged with producing Hector's comeback album, Comedia. But after months of working and recording, they still didn't have a hit song to headline the album. At this time, Cologne was also producing an album for a new rising star in the Fania galaxy. This Harvard Law School graduate from Panama had risen through the Fania ranks from mailroom worker to a salsa sensation. Not only was he a talented singer, he also wrote his own songs. His name was Ruben Blades. The album, named Siembra, features future hits such as Pedro Navaja, among many others. Colon knew that Blades already had a strong album that didn't need any more firepower. That's why when he learned of Blades' creation, El Cantante, he immediately thought of Lavo. The song was a perfect fit for Hector's persona and could revitalize the salsa star's floundering career. At first, Blades was opposed to letting Laveau record the song. He had written songs for other Fania artists before, but Blades strongly identified with El Cantante and didn't want to let it go. Though after persistence from Colón, Blades finally acquiesced, and the rest, as they say, is salsa history. For those following pop music during the 1970s, El Cantante shares strong similarities to Piano Man by Billy Joel, released in 1973. Piano Man touches a sad yet celebratory note, following the life of the piano player as he shares backstories of various barflies. But while Piano Man's lyrics focus mainly on others, 
El Cantante, as its title suggests, is all about the singer. The song shares Laveau's identity as a singer and how the public views him. Lyrics hint that he is not just a successful singer, but a human being with deeper emotions and personal suffering, much like the real-life Laveau. By the end of the song, he digs back into his position as a talented singer, challenging the listener to compare him to singers of the past. He urges us to forget our sorrows and our pains, because that's his job, to help us forget the pain, but instead to celebrate. Perhaps when he sings, he also forgets his own suffering. He sings so that we all can forget for a little while. Beyond the lyrics of El Cantante, there are notable structural elements of the song that make it unique for the time. First, producer Willie Colon enlisted the use of synthesized violin sound effects throughout the track. This is something he had experimented with on prior Fania tracks like Periodico de Ayer, sung by Tite Curet Alonso. Synthesized violins make a second appearance on Hector Laveau's Comedia album in the song Bandolera as well. The other unique structural element of El Cantante was its length. Salsa dancers know that any song more than five minutes long is considered lengthy for social dancing. El Cantante clocks in at 10 minutes 26 seconds, which makes it a tough song to work into the dancer's playlist. Fortunately, a shorter version of El Cantante was recorded for radio play and is likely what you dance to at socials. El Cantante became the song that Hector Laveau was most known for. While Ruben Blades wrote the song for himself, he admits that Laveau raised the recording to a new level. Meanwhile, Blades' album Siembra, which was produced by Willie Colon, would go on to become the best-selling salsa album in history, selling more than 25 million records. In the early 2000s, Blades sued the successor of Fania Records, Sonido, claiming sole authorship of El Cantante. Sonido claimed Hector Laveau was co-author of the salsa hit after he added a series of two-line prejones, or cries from street sellers, to the recording. In 2007, Willie Colon sued Ruben Blades for breach of contract, setting off a series of suits and countersuits that lasted for five years. And in the mid-2000s, a Hollywood motion picture starring Mark Anthony and Jennifer Lopez hit theaters, highlighting the life of Hector Laveau. Its title, of course, was El Cantante. Today's podcast featured music from Sean Fisher entitled Esta Tierra and from Ramon Escale Bertumias called Latin Cha-Cha-Cha. <laughs>